was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Kyle. Doing yourself? Well. I'm doing good. You, you're looking well. Thank you. Thank you. I feel good. Um, summer. It is definitely summer. It's the middle of summer. It's 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 in well, fact summer's it's quite on hot. the wind, winding down. Yeah, we're 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 really coming to the. We hope. Well, the, the heat. tail end of the heat. Yeah. Right. We still got a lot of uh, good warm days in front of us. Yeah. For most of us around the country, summertime means heat for yes, us. It right? does. It does. And that's okay. Heat can be great, but it can also, if we're not careful, be a little dangerous. Well, it certainly can. And so today, I want to talk a little bit about heat illness and what it is, and really how to avoid it. Okay. You good with that? I'm well. I think I've had it before, so yeah. I hope it's not contagious, but I think I've had are it. You immune, or, or uh, are you immune? No, no, not immune, but I, I think I did. I had some heat stroke once. You haven't built up an immunity to it, but listen. Here's the deal: our bodies always want us to be as close to 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit as they can. Like that's that's the regular temperature. It works that very we, hard to keep us there. That we want to be at, and for the most part, our bodies do a really good job of regulating that temperature. Mm-hmm. However, on a hot, especially humid day. Uh, it can be a bit of a challenge. Yes, it can. And so when your body loses its ability to self-regulate, you run the risk of developing what we call a heat illness. And heat illnesses happen most often to people who are exercising or doing some sort of physical activity outdoors, uh, especially for long periods of time. Elderly people are at risk and people who are taking medications that increase their sensitivity to high temperatures, mm-hmm. all these people at risk. But given the right conditions, it can happen to any of us. Sure. So we want to understand what it is and ultimately how to avoid it. So here's the deal. When your body has to work extremely hard to cool you down, you develop what they call heat exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And uh, during heat exhaustion, the body's core temperature is usually less than 104 degrees Fahrenheit, but your blood pressure is low and your heart is not pumping blood as efficiently as it should. At this stage, the body is still doing what it's supposed to. It's still really working hard to cool you down. You'll feel very fatigued. You'll be sweating a lot. You'll feel thirsty. Uh, Heat exhaustion does not necessarily lead to heat stroke, which is the one that you referred to earlier. Yep. And that's the bad one, but heat exhaustion can lead to heat stroke. It can. Uh, Exertional heat stroke is a clear medical emergency affecting multiple body symptoms It usually occurs when the core's body temperature goes above that 104 degrees that we've been talking about. Heat stroke causes the central nervous system to malfunction. It can also damage, listen to this, this is pretty serious stuff. It can damage the brain, Mm -hmm. the heart, the liver, the kidneys, the spleen, and even your muscular tissue. So your body loses the ability to thermoregulate, and at that point, it's much more difficult to reverse itself. The first signs of a heat illness are often... Stomach cramping or nausea, Mm -hmm. which can indicate dehydration or an electrolyte imbalance in your body. Headaches are also a common first sign of dehydration. Heavy sweating could be a sign that you're heading to heat exhaustion. It's worth noting that heat is more dangerous on humid days. So, you know, we talk about here in in our area, in the St. George, Utah area, uh, it being a dry heat. Yes. That can still be dangerous, but humid days are really tough because sweat can't evaporate off the skin. And that evaporation of the sweat is what normally produces a cooling uh, effect for our bodies. So when the body reaches a certain internal temperature, again, that's 104 degrees or higher. It's natural defenses like the sweating. 
and the ability to release heat begin to shut down. So if a person's been outside exercising or working in the heat and their skin is totally dry and they're exhibiting a headache or dizziness, uh, that's a red flag. It is. That's something serious there. So a few safety tips to keep in mind. Uh, Number one, listen to your body. If you're outside in the heat and you're just not feeling well, you might want to stop doing what you're doing or maybe slow down mm-hmm. on the thing that you're doing. You want to get out of the sun and into the shade if you can. And most importantly, drink plenty of cool water. And, and my rule of thumb is if you wait till you're thirsty, you've waited too it's long. Too late. It's too late, right? So mm-hmm. if you're feeling thirsty, definitely don't wait any longer. Get some water, but drink before you get to that point. In fact, just drink plenty of water. Uh, period. That's going to help you avoid the heat illnesses in the first place. That's right. And hey, it's hot out there. It is. So be careful. And it's hotter than you think. Yes, absolutely. Today's guest is Shanda Vanneman. Shanda received her BS degree in exercise science from Kennesaw State University in Georgia, which is incidentally known for its hot and humid summers. Uh, about 10 years ago, she received her 500-hour Hatha Yoga certification and has been teaching yoga, focusing on older adults ever since. Shanda currently works at the Inner Mountain Live Well Center and is the co-owner of Sun Rock Yoga. And Shanda, thanks for joining us again today. I'm happy to be here with you. You've been on the show before and shared some very interesting and useful information about yoga, and we're hoping to do the same today. So again, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So... um If you've listened to the show at all, you probably know that Jeff and I are um, chronically inflexible when it comes to our muscles and joints. Not not in other areas of our life, right? No, no. But I did show off just a few minutes ago and touch my knees. (laughs) He did. I watched. It was impressive. uh, impressive. (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah, flexibility is maybe not one of our strong points for either of us. Uh, However, I do subscribe to the idea that it's important. I just haven't yet figured out how to get myself there. And perhaps yoga is one of the ways to arrive. You you know, Kyle, she's probably going to remind us that she invited us to come to one of her classes last time she was here. I figured she might. It's true. I was waiting for that moment. (laughs) So this time next year, we could see the progress. You could try it this year. (laughs) So from last year to this year, maybe the same, but maybe if we try it for a year, then we'll see what happens. In fairness to the situation, I I did not visit uh, Shanda at the Live Well Center or at Sun Rock Yoga where, where she works. However, I did do a yoga session. Since, we, since we've last met. Oh, good. And uh, I'm just going to be brutally honest with you. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. But again, I, I, I know that flexibility is important. I know it's important. And I know there's a lot of great benefits from yoga. So for those of us who are not familiar with the, the exercise or the activity yoga of yoga, excuse me, let's just talk about it. What is yoga just in its, in its core essence? So first, I want to say, too, I think it's important that you just said you don't like it because there are so many different styles of yoga. Okay. Well, so that's good for me to know because the one that I did, I didn't love. So so don't give up. <laughs> Try again. I didn't love that one. but <laughs> So I think for a lot of people, well, so just getting down to the core, the idea we're trying to just connect our mind and our body, right, okay. and be able to build flexibility. But for some of us, we need to do it more actively and be moving. And so more of a, a power style class where you're in there and you're moving and you're not just 
hanging out, being really still and quiet for an hour because that can be really hard for a lot of us. But for some people, that's too much. They're already really active in their lives and they need to slow it down a little bit and take the time to restore and just a more gentle class. And so it would be some longer holds and things. So there's there's all sorts of yoga. And um, you mentioned already my focus, even since I've seen you last, has been on um, on the seniors and doing even chair yoga. Which is important oh, to know. chair yoga. Now, let's talk about that. That's I'm not familiar with chair yoga at all. So what is it? So you're, you utilize a chair. for So for people who need the chair, then they that's an essential piece of equipment. But for those who maybe don't need it, it can just be utilized to help get into the body, help to open up. But particularly for like balance poses, you can utilize the chair. But for a lot of people, it's especially as we age, it's hard to get on the floor. Yeah. Or maybe you can get down, but the chair would help you get down and help you get back up. Um, but for some people with knee issues and hip issues and back issues, it's just not possible to really be on the floor comfortably. Yeah. Um, for that time. So the chair really opens up a whole new world um, for people to be able to come in and still get the benefits of moving the joints because it's so important that we move them in all these different directions. <laughs> so chair yoga isn't necessarily sitting in the chair for the entire session. It's it's using it for balance, using it for uh, an aid to get up and down. Those, those kinds of things. It can be both. Okay. So it okay. can, for those who just need to be in the chair, it can be just that. But for those who just maybe need the assistance of the chair, but could still stand up because it's important if you can get down and you can get up, it's important to keep doing those things because otherwise we lose that ability and we don't want to lose it. I find with gravity, the getting down is the easy part. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, <laughs> the, it's the, the getting, getting back down. up is the hard part. So the chair would assist you. It can almost <laughs> happen that. by Good, itself. Yes. <laughs> well, and gravity, I was going to say that it's, it's pulling on us constantly. Yeah. And so we want to be able to keep lengthening out so that we've got space in our spine and our joints so that we can continue to move and do the things that we enjoy doing. But it's essential that we work against gravity. So yoga, you said, is an attempt to connect the body and the mind, which I, I appreciate that part of it. I, I think that's an important part because I think sometimes we underestimate just how important our mind and our and our brain is to our overall health and wellness and anything we can do to strengthen our minds uh, whether that's meditation or mindfulness or whatever that is i think that's important um how long has yoga been doing that connecting minds and bodies it's 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 an ancient practice it is ancient the scripts go back that that we have go back 10,000 years 10,000 years. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. It's a long time. So that makes me feel like I shouldn't have just tried one and then been done with it. I should have given it a little more, a little more of a chance. It, absolutely. You agree with that, right? Well, I do agree with that, especially because like sometimes I think as American, well, really anybody who's training for something, you're used to a program that maybe is three months, six months long, maybe even a year long, yeah. which is a pretty long training program. And I remember when I was in teacher training, there, you know, the whole class is doing something. And of course, I'm the only one that can't do it. It's at least what it feels like. Right. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I know like, I felt that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought I'm never going to be able to do this. And my um, teacher just was like, well, just give it 10 years. <laughs> okay, there you go. Relative. Just give it 10 years. And But she was being dead serious because yeah. I was like, ha ha, at first, right? I'm like, 10 years. And then I thought, oh, wait, I am in this for the long haul. Like, this is, a, these are the bodies we have, right? It's a commitment, right? <laughs> yes. And one that one that does take some commitment. The, the class that I went to was actually during uh, a wrestling practice. I helped as an assistant coach for one of the local high schools on the wrestling team. And so, like you said, we kind of have a, a routine that we go through normally for, for warm up and even for stretching. And then of course the skills, 
Uh, but we thought, well, let's take a day and we'll do a yoga class. And so we had a teacher that came in and I, I got to say, I, 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 I did enjoy the concept and the aspect, the, the, the personal experience of trying to, to hold, to hold the poses and do the different things and find the balance and just stretch was, was difficult for me. But, um, but that idea of staying independent throughout our lives and fighting against gravity and a commitment to a long haul is, is really important. Absolutely important. And it's just the essential like daily movement. And it's not you don't always have to go into a class. But for most of us, one, we need to know what to do. And then two, having a teacher have their eyes on you to help you make adjustments when something doesn't feel good to you. You know, it's not sometimes we just think, oh, this is supposed to be painful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so it's not. (laughs) I thought it was, too. (laughs) These are misconceptions that we've been carrying around for too long. Jeff. Well, in my case, it is painful. I mean, that's supposed to be, but it is painful. So, yeah. So I like to say noticing the difference between sensation and pain. So sometimes we mistake sensation for pain because, oh, I haven't opened this up in a long time or maybe ever, you know, and so taking the time to go through it, breathe through it, but not getting to the point of pain because it shouldn't be painful. And we're not trying to create more pain in the body, Mm -hmm. but to open it so that we don't have that pain. But it is the consistent practice of it. And even I mean, I can speak back to 10 years ago when I now it's been 10 years since I was in that training that things have started to open up. You know, my hamstrings are looser than they used to be. But 10 years later. But it's taken 10 years. (laughs) There's the frustrating part, maybe. So I do like that idea of opening up, though. I'm starting to notice for myself, um, you know, as I'm getting older, as, as we all are getting older, how things that used to be simple and just, you know, a no brainer and not even a thought are now becoming a little bit more difficult. You know, I've noticed that uh, even backing up a vehicle is different than it used to be. I used to be able to just turn my head around and, you know, that was no problem. And now I'm starting to feel like, wow, I just don't have. Now you're grateful for rearview mirrors, aren't you? Yeah, I just don't <laughs> have that range of motion that seems so simple and thoughtless before, which is why I understand, again, the importance of some kind of flexibility training, yoga or otherwise, and I just need to convince myself that I can do it. I've said this before, but it's just, it's the kind of discomfort that, that it is. Like if you, you know, you punch me in the arm or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running and I get a side ache or whatever, like, you know, wrestling, like that kind of pain doesn't bother me that much, honestly. Like I can work through that pain. But you ask me to like touch my toes and just that ripping, tearing, excruciating kind of pain that I feel in my hamstrings is unpleasant enough that it steers me away from it. Well, I think it's important, again, to find the right class for you because there's um, I've definitely been in classes where I feel that same sensation. And I'm like, this doesn't feel good, doesn't feel right. But when you find the right class for you or know how to adapt your practice to what you need and you can ease into it and you can breathe through those things and it's a lot different the idea is not to definitely not to rip you know and tear i mean i use that a little bit i'm not injuring myself but it is a kind of pain that i just find very very disquieting did you notice (laughs) that i've heard this word several times in her she said breathe through them Maybe we had. Maybe we shouldn't be holding our breath when we're bending over trying to touch our toes. <laughs> we need to keep breathing. Maybe that's the problem. That's when you find out it's too far, and so maybe yeah. the knees is far enough right now, and you yeah. breathe while you're at your I, knees. I actually, I just go to my shins, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? I don't want to pressure too much. <laughs> then you can you can breathe into that, yeah, as you move through. But it, I mean, it's it's the consistent practice. But I'll say the other thing, Kyle, is that it's hard to be still sometimes yeah. when you're active and you're moving to sit and breathe. Like feels like a waste of time a lot of times too. Yeah. 
that that may be my problem. I don't know. You're <laughs> listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Shanda Vanneman about the benefits of yoga and flexibility training. Uh, you, you've you've mentioned several times now that there are multiple classes, different styles, different approaches to yoga. Let's talk about some of those specifically. You mentioned the chair yoga, which is a great one. Um, what are some other classes of yoga and how do you find the right one for you? Um, excellent question. So I think definitely some trial and error um, is, you know, is, is part of the process of kind of figuring out particularly maybe what teacher you resonate with too mm. um, and just the location and such um, as well as the style. But for most, most of the time when we're talking yoga, we're talking the physical aspect or asana, doing postures. And so that's the Sanskrit word is asana. And in general, um, that's what you're going to come across. We do actually have quite a few kundalini classes here in town, which are more meditative chanting type classes. But in general, it's going to be the movement. But within that, we mentioned chair yoga. And then there's more, there's a restorative class. And in that class, you use a lot of props to help you get into a position that stretches you, but then you're supported in it. You don't just, oh, okay. gravity doesn't keep pulling on you. <laughs> you have you have a stopping point. And that's... um. That can be a really fantastic class. I mentioned power yoga, lots of movement with power yoga. And then there's, so power kind of falls under this, it's called vinyasa, and that's a moving. You're flowing. Okay. And so a lot of people know up dog, down dog. Yeah, those You're, are greet the sun. I, I know there are some, you know, standard, as you say, poses. I don't know very many of them, but upward dog and downward dog, I know those. Well, and you mentioned greet the sun. So like a sun salutation, yeah. if you're flowing through that in general, that's a vinyasa class. So it can be paced slow or it can be paced faster, but you're moving through it. Um, I'm Hatha certified and all of these fall under Hatha, but sometimes you'll have a class that's just a Hatha class, which means you're just going to go from pose to pose versus connecting it with this vinyasa, this okay. down dog, up dog movement. Okay. And so it's a, it's a pose to pose. So there, I mean, there's a ton of different kinds, you know, different styles. And then each teacher has their own rhythm own personality. and pace. Personality. Right. So it sounds like what you said at the beginning is it's just, it's worth a little trial and error. Definitely. Yeah. Especially because flexibility is essential. Like we know, we know we need it. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to keep driving their car looking back behind them? You know, right. you, you've got to have that. Or bend over and pick up your grandkids or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. Or a penny. Oh, pennies not worth anything. That's, that's, oh, that's good luck, man. No, doesn't Find matter. a penny, pick it up. <laughs> Rest of the day. You'll, uh, uh, your, your thighs will hurt. Yes. <laughs> thighs, bag, calves, <laughs> hamstrings. Yes. So, um, I, I do think that that's, that's an important element to really emphasize is that, you know, you said this is our body. This is the body that we have. We need to take care of it. And mobility is so crucial to living the active life and just enjoying your life. Uh, certainly no question about that. Uh, do you feel like, uh, and we're going to get back to a little bit um, in just a second, about, back to yoga specifically, but aside from yoga, do you feel like just stretches can be helpful uh, or is there a, a certain um, method that you should follow in just trying to, to stretch your muscles? Just movement period is good. And I, I, I'm doing a chair yoga training actually right now from a, a lady, um, Sherry, who I really um, enjoy, but that her kind of like the little rhyme is um, north, south, east, west, twist, twist, fill your best. So the, <laughs> so the like idea that. is that you're reaching up every day, you're, reach, you're bending over, you're reaching down every day, you're doing a lateral stretch, you're going sideways, and that you're getting a little twist in the spine because we're, we're as old as our spine is and as healthy as our spine yeah. is. And so if you can do that movement every day, whether you're in a class or not, 
will really be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Now we we tend to work at the Huntsman World Senior Games with the senior population, and uh, you know senior athletes of all different skill levels and all different ages, fifty and uh, and above. Uh, are there classes that are better for seniors, or does that depend on your starting point? What 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 are you finding in in your working with uh, an aging population? So it, it's definitely dependent, right? I have an 85-year-old that comes to my power class and he rocks it. Oh, and wow. it's really impressive. Yeah. But then I also have people who are like, I can't do that. And so they don't want to go to yoga because they think that's the case. And so particularly over at Enter Mountain, we have a lot of props um, and things to help people that have back issues and hip issues and knee issues and shoulder issues so that they can be successful in class. And that's the other thing about finding a, a teacher. If you find somebody that you can really work with, then they get to know you and they can help you make those adjustments and, and changes that you need to make it a successful class for you. Now, we, we've talked about some of the, the local resources that are available. A lot of our listening audience is from outside of the area. What's the best way that they can find a class that would work for them? Hmm, that's a really good question. So there is... Um, you can definitely, there's lots of YouTube videos and things even okay. that you can just do, but I do recommend going into um, a teacher, but just a Google search for yoga. Um, and depending on, I kind of mentioned a few keywords. So if you, if the restorative sounded good, lots of props and you would look up a restorative yoga class or vinyasa is kind of the other, if you want a lot of movement um, would be another word or chair yoga and just do a Google search and it's great. They'll usually have reviews and things. You can kind yeah. of get a good starting point for what the studio's like. Awesome. That, that's great advice. That sounds good. Many of our aging population has experienced a, a joint replacement, a knee replacement, a hip replacement. Is, is yoga still for you if you've got a new a new joint that you're working with? It's essential. And that's been the thing I've enjoyed the most um, recently working with the the older population is that that is the case. There's a, there's a lot going on, but it's so important to move. And if we don't keep moving, then things just keep getting stiff and we can't move and everybody wants to still be independent. So the idea of I've had a hip replacement, um, I don't want to injure it further that, that that should not enter your mind when you're thinking about yoga it's it's beneficial beneficial but definitely follow the doctor's you know guidelines right. what he gives you or she gives you and then um and communicate with the teacher so that they know and and make sure you're comfortable with the teacher at the end of the day we know best and it goes back to that whole feeling of pain you shouldn't be in pain and so if you are either you need to make the change or ask the teacher to help you make the change that makes sense i i like that idea of you shouldn't be in pain um, because that's always been the thing that's driven me away oh, well, from me it. Well, me too, and just general and, stretching. And maybe I'm just pushing myself harder than I should. I need to be a little more patient and give myself 10 years <laughs> to be able to reach down below my kneecaps, perhaps. We're running a little short on time, uh, Shanda, but any last-minute advice that you might give somebody about yoga or flexibility as we're all just trying to sort out what the active life means to each one of us? I think going back to what you mentioned even before, the mindfulness, that yoga is a a mindful meditation, a moving meditation is the word I'm looking for. And so you get that meditative, that connection back to the mind-body. And it's not easy. For most of us, we'd rather be distracted than be connected. But it's so essential to us, to our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, and and super beneficial. I I like that, and I appreciate that. And and I think that can't be overstated you know when i think for most of us when we think about yoga we are thinking about the stretching of the muscles and the flexibility and you know i think most of our minds go to 
that guru that we saw in the movie that's able to put their head their their foot behind their head that that kind of thing realistically that's not really the yoga that most of us are practicing we're not there yet we're we're not to that point we may never be there but i like that idea of strengthening your mind and connecting your mind to your body i think that's mm-hmm. so important so again santa th- thank you so much for joining us you're welcome thanks hopefully, for having hopefully me hopefully we'll, we'll be able to have you back another time so jeff today is august 1st yes it is and as august 1st that is the uh, it's, it's the last day to get the early bird registration for the Huntsman World Series. Yeah, that's Games. right. So you can do do it now. So it's late in the it's late in the game, but it's not too late in the game. If you want to save twenty dollars off of your regular registration fee, now is the time to register. Don't delay. It's easy to register. Very easy to do. Just visit the the the, uh, the website, which is seniorgames.net, and click on register. The process itself is very simple. You choose your sport. Uh, you choose your division. You're ready to go. It's fast. It's secure. Before you know it, you'll be ready to become one of the more than 11,000 athletes who will compete this year in the Huntsman World Senior Games. We're on track to set a participation record. We are. So be a part of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It will be. The dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. So put that on your calendar. Get some stretching in and get ready to go for your competition on those dates. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you subscribe, give us a rating and write a quick review. You can really make a difference in helping us spread the word about the Huntsman World Senior Games and the show. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day is very simple, but it's powerful. I'm ready. And it is this. You are not too old, and it is not too late. That's a good thought. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.